I guess that's the go button. Um, so I'll go. My name is Craig F. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area. Um, I, I'm going to tell a little of my story, uh, and it's going to try not to get too carried away with the drunkalog. But I uh, was uh, born, I believe, a compulsive overeater. Uh, I wasn't born with a weight problem so much. I mean, I was a big kid, but I was a big and tall kid, and I was athletic. And I ran and I played and I did all the outside things and I burned a lot of calories. So it didn't show. And then and I had a mother that uh, used to monitor our food. She uh, would portion out our food at mealtime and would uh, tell us stories of nearly starving to death in the Depression while she did so. Uh, and so we had to be grateful for what we had and uh, eat just what we were given and no nothing more. And, there was, you know, rarely seconds, uh, uh, occasional desserts, and no way to get, you know, getting candy was a rare treat. Uh, getting sugar kind of things was a rare treat. I had to uh, sneak it and steal it, if, steal it if I got it. And, uh, uh, you know, when I, I would go to town to play baseball, uh, we lived just outside of a small town in Kansas, I would... Uh, pick up pop bottles and back then you know I'm I'm, a, I'm an old man so back in the 50s and 60s uh, there was all the, the pop bottles had a deposit on them and if I picked up six pop bottles uh, I get uh, I could get a bottle of pop and if I picked up uh, eight bo- eight pop bottles I could get a bottle of pop and a candy bar uh, after baseball practice and and that was a big treat and I so I would do that and uh, got good at uh, finding pop bottles along the road, turning them in. I, I got good at finding uh, uh, in, in the summertime, in the warmer months, I, I knew where all the strawberry patches, the blackberry patches, the mulberry trees, the persimmon trees in the fall. I knew where all that stuff was, and I knew how to get it, get it home. So my mother would make a dessert out of it, you know, make me a pie or make cobbler or something so that I could get my sugar fix. So. I connived to get it, but it, it, none of it showed up as a weight problem for a long time. Uh, I, I uh, played sports, like I said, I, uh, my sophomore year, I'm 6'4", and my sophomore year I was weighing about 205, 200, 205, and I, went home, and I turned 16 in June that year, and in 16 I got an unrestricted driver's license finally. I already had a car. But now I could drive and go anywhere I wanted, and I had a job at a grocery store, so I had money in my pocket and access to whatever I wanted, and uh, I was uh, uh, off and running. I came back for football uh, that fall at 240, so I put on about uh, 35 pounds over the summer, and the coach was appalled and said uh, I had to take at least 20 of that off before basketball season, so I went on my first diet. And, you know, I wasn't good at it. I didn't know what I was doing. My mom kind of helped me. Uh, I didn't realize that the pop and the beer and the, and the, those things counted as calories. I just started eating different. And I pulled off, you know, we're, I'm playing football every day and, and running wind sprints and doing those sorts of things. So pulling off the weight didn't seem to be a problem. And I thought, well, that was easy. You know, I got down to my 220 and I was able to keep it till I graduated high school. And thought that uh, it wasn't a big deal. 
you know. Um, it, it might have been better for me if it had been harder. But uh, uh, so I graduated high school at around 220. I I got a uh, my uh, the beginning of my sophomore year of college. I got my girlfriend pregnant. Uh, we got married in a hurry. Um, was had to go to work full time and. The next thing I remember, uh, I'm weighing 270, and uh, you know the doctor's telling me, uh, you know, it's a problem, and and uh, you know I'm 100 pounds over the physician's chart, which is terribly low, but um, you know, so I'm I'm off and running, and I try, and I don't know anything, you know, I don't know what to do about it. I just know that uh, I got to take off weight, so I tried everything, you know. Uh, I, I tried every magazine diet. I made up diets, uh, uh, yogurt and grapefruit diets. Uh, I tried uh, uh, the paying ways, uh, you know, the, uh, three times. Uh, uh, I, I'd given up on those actually working. I was doing those w- with my wife. Uh, and, uh, you know, the third time I knew, I was so new that it wasn't going to work that I put weightlifting plates in my pocket, uh, about 30, 40 pounds of, of weightlifting plates in my coat pocket. So when I went in and weighed in, and then the next week I took, I could take out 15 pounds, and it looked like I lost weight uh, because I knew I wasn't going to follow the diet. And that's as sick as that is. It took, it got my wife off my back. It got, you know, it fed my ego, and uh, you know, it, 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 it you know, but. Uh, I mean, looking back on that, I realized how sick that really was. But I didn't understand the problem, let alone did I understand the solution, you know. Um, by the time I remember the first time I hit 300 pounds, I'd, we'd moved to Arizona, and I, my boss had a, a doctor's-type scale in his garage, and I stood on it, and I tipped at 300, and, and that was the time I the second time I tried Weight Watchers and, uh, you know, uh, and I lost some weight and, you know, it thought it would work. And, uh, you know, I did the doctor's stuff where your doctor gives you the shots of, uh, you know, distilled from the hormones of pregnant women and vitamin B shots and, and, you know, the whole thing. I did that when I was in school. I have an architectural degree and, and that, that diet ended, it was four, you know, 400 calorie a day or diet and, you know, terribly restrictive. And, and, uh, I, I remember in the amphetamines that, to keep you on it. And, uh, I was headed up to college. I was headed up to the, to the studio to do some drafting work and I couldn't keep my hand from shaking. And so uh, I stopped at the grocery store to get some herbal tea. I thought that might calm my nerves down and keep my hands from shaking so I could draw and I'm in the grocery store and they have sandwich cookies for sale at the on, on a sale rack at the checkout counter and I thought I'll get those and I'll just eat two or three of them and that'll calm me down and I'll take them up there and you know let everybody else have some cookies at the studio and I got them out to the car and but, you know, it was like three miles up to the studio and they were gone by the time I got there. I, I'd eaten them all because once I had a few, I couldn't stop. They just uh, was like a feeding frenzy. Um, you know, 
so that, and then that diet was over you know i i'd gone from from 290 down down to about 230 uh, on that diet and but it was over and uh, uh it didn't work anymore and, and i didn't want to go on it so anyway i tried everything i tried the drinking man's diet i uh, uh which was a shot of whiskey and a steak small steak three times a day uh, lost a lot of weight very unhealthy uh, very you know messed my system up constipated me it was just uh terrible lost some weight though you know because i still didn't understand the problem and i still didn't understand the solution at um uh, at, at about 38 years old or 37 years old along there i uh, stepped on the scale again and uh, uh so, you know so this is seven or eight years after i tipped it at 300 and this time i tipped it at 400 and I was in a doctor's office, and the doctor gave me a speech. This nice little female doctor gave me a speech about how I was going to drown in my own juices, and uh, you know everything that was going to happen to me if I didn't take off the weight. And, and you know, I, I was determined. I, I was strong-willed, and I was determined. I gritted my teeth and said, "That's enough. I, I'm going to take that weight off now. I I, I played with this long enough." By God, I'm going to do it. And so I left the doctor's office, and it was lunchtime, and I got in my truck, and I started down the street, um, and I uh, passed one fast food restaurant. I passed a second one, and the third one, I said, I'm going to pull in here and get some lunch, and I'll start my diet in the morning. And, and looking back on it, I know, you know, now that what was driving me was fear, you know, coupled coupled with everything else. I, I, she'd scared me. She'd scared me to death. And my reaction to fear was to eat so I didn't have to feel the fear, to eat so I didn't have to feel that feeling. And, uh, uh, you know, I got two hamburgers and, and, a, and a big drink. And, and, uh, of course I didn't start in the morning. Um, so at about 39 years old, my, uh, uh, soon-to-be ex-wife, decided she'd had enough of me, and uh, I, uh, um, and probably for good reason, you know, there's always mixed mixed problems, but um, for good reason, um, and uh, we, we were going to, we were going through the throes of maybe getting a divorce and maybe not, and I was living in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and she was living in Phoenix, Arizona, and I was flying back and forth. Uh, to see her and the kids one weekend a month and and in Arizona at the time um, in order to get a divorce with the minor child and our youngest boy was still a minor you had to show the court you'd tried to save the marriage you got some counseling and and uh, so that's what they told us so she'd gone to a counselor and rather than doing counseling together um, I went to see a counselor and you know God interfered here he he, he provided uh, the counselor that I went to see was 20 years sober in AA, and uh, I talked to him for an hour, and I and I lied to him. I mean, I looking back on it, I know I was in denial about a lot of things. I I didn't I didn't I couldn't separate the true from the false, as the book big book says. And, and uh, you know, after an hour of it, he said uh, he said to me that what he thought I ought to do was uh, go to Overeaters Anonymous 
And after I'd been going for a year and was ready to start telling him the truth, come back and see him, and he thought he could do me some good. And I, I wanted to poke him in the nose. Uh, I really did. But uh, I knew he was right. So uh, I went to a meeting. Uh, I flew back to to uh, back that day to uh, Pennsylvania, to Allentown, and uh, I uh, um, went to a meeting that night, and I didn't really get much out of it. I uh, didn't like what the speaker had to say. Didn't it? Didn't I? Didn't respond to it. Uh, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, so the, the following week, I had to go back to Arizona to take a deposition. And while I was there, my ex-wife, now to soon to be, said she'd finally decided she wanted out. She wanted a divorce, and she wrote me a letter. Uh, taken my inventory and, and uh, you know, pointed out some things to me that I already knew about me. And, uh, I, you know, I got to sit on an airplane for uh, most of the day. And normally those days would be, those traveling days would be drinking and eating days. I, I'd uh, drink and eat in the airport in Phoenix. I'd drink on the flight to, uh, you know, in this case, Atlanta, change planes, uh, fly to, to Newark and, and drink and eat on the airplane. And then when I get to Newark, I'd have a few before I caught the shuttle back to Allentown. And, and, uh, that day I didn't, that day I sat there and read that letter and, and realized that I was bankrupt. My life was bankrupt in so many ways. And, uh, I got back to Allentown and went to a meeting. And that night I heard a speaker speak that was, that touched my heart. She had she talked about how she had this hole in her soul. You know, I'm sure all heard the story. I've got a hole in my soul and I tried to fill it, you know, with, I tried to fill it with food. I tried to fill it with alcohol. I tried to fill it with drugs. I tried to fill it with sex and relationships and shopping and all the things that we try to fill that hole in our soul with and nothing would fill it because it was a God-sized hole. And, uh, you know, she talked about that and a lot of other things, and I identified. And I got a sponsor that night, and boy, I'd like to tell you, that was 32 years ago. And I would just love to sit here and tell you that I've been absent for 32 years. And that isn't my story. My story is that I that uh, I, I didn't really work the steps. I got through three steps. My sponsor relapsed. Uh, I used the program as a, as a support group. Uh, I went to a a couple, I was going to a couple meetings a day between AA and OA. Uh, I was eating a, a food plan, and I had my teeth gritted. And once the allergy was broken, uh, I was able to stay on that food plan. And I, and I went from, I came in at 410 pounds, and I was at 260. And I was lifting weights and in the gym every day, and I was looking good and feeling good and getting female attention. Again, you know, fresh off a of divorce and, uh, uh, was feeling pretty froggy, pretty good about myself. And my ego, instead of being reduced, grew. And, uh, you know, I, 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 in the meantime, moved to Tulsa. That job was over there, and I found a job here, and I moved to Tulsa. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I was scheduled to pick up my two-year chip at a meeting, and I got honest with myself and said, you know, the only reason you're calling yourself abstinent is you keep changing your your definition of your food plan to match Fred, what you're eating. Yeah. Fred, it's yeah. Sabrina. 
I don't believe we have a timekeeper, so I think your time is just about up. If you could wrap up. Okay, I'll wrap up. So thank you. Uh, all right, thank you. Anyway, it threw me into a series of relapses and 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 short-term recovery and relapse and short-term recovery until about six and a half years ago. I ended up in the hospital and I ended up in the hospital with a lymphedema. I hit 520 pounds in relapse. Um, I ended up in the hospital with a with a septic infection and the lymphedema in my legs. Um, they were talking about a, a 25% chance of me dying and a 40% chance of me losing my legs at the knees. And I lay and I laid there in that bed and I knew I I, I knew what the solution was. I knew I knew that I'd avoided all these years. Somebody's not muted. I've worked um, all these years. I had avoided avoided admitting certain things. I'd avoided making amends for certain things that that uh, I, I just hadn't done the deal. I tried to use this thing wrong. Please wrap up. I'm I'm working on it, and um, oh, okay. I'm uh, and, and you know um, uh, I called out to God. I said I'm ready. Whatever it takes. Whatever I have to do, whatever it takes, I'm ready. Whatever I have to admit to, whatever I have to make amends for, I'm ready. And I did that, you know, and I worked the steps. I got a good sponsor, and I worked the steps like my life depended on it because it did. And, and I'm, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that, that that's six and a half years ago. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm abstinent. Uh, I sponsor a lot of guys. I worked this problem, and I found a solution. You know, I, I found a solution, and, and that solution involved a clearer path to God. You know, um, uh, and uh, so it, it allowed me to find a power greater than myself because I I don't have the power within me to to do any of this. And and so with that, since my time is up, I will pass. And thank you for asking me to speak. Thank you, Greg. Would you like to leave your phone number? Yes, my phone number is area code 918-671-3863, 918-671-3863.